Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and it's the end of 2017 and the end of the year always means that it's list time and talking about how the year was musically. That's I actually like that more than I enjoy Christmas. You know, those couple of weeks <laughs> uh, coming up to Christmas when you just like, oh, I haven't heard that album that's number one on the Guardian album of the year. So I got some friends around and we're going to talk about how the year was for all of us, both generally and uh, more specifically focused on Cork, which is what we're going to be doing in the first part. And then in the second part, we're going to talk more albums of the year and songs of the year and gigs of the year and all of that, all of that stuff. So who, the voices that you're going to be hearing mostly over the next 45 minutes or so are Darren Keane, who plays in lots of bands, which you can uh, say as uh, quickly as you want there, Darren. Museum? I play in Museum. I play in Worm. I play in Not Earth. I play with Andy Wilson and the Toys. I play at Council of the Dark Arts Orchestra. And I do a lot of improv stuff as well. And? You're missing one. Am I missing one? You're, you play in Hags as well. You're doing a oh, Christmas I, show on I, December 29th. I, I, I play in Hags. We're doing our reunion show on December 29th. Plug, plug, plug. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's six bands at least. So, yeah. Pretty busy guy. Bands. Yeah, and I, I do dabble in the occasion DJ now and then. So, yeah. And Emma Kelly is next up, who is a great promoter who's working at the Roundy and under Merrick Kindle. Merikindi. Merikindi. Yeah, everyone gets that wrong. Well, well, I thought that uh, the last song on Cruiser's album was Party in the UK, and it's actually Party in LK. Yeah, I heard that. There's a big difference <laughs> between the UK and Limerick parties, which I got wrong. <laughs> and so, yeah, Emma's there, and Justin and Ross from Cutting Heads Collective. Hey, hey, hello. How's it going, everybody? That was Justin first and then Ross. <laughs> People are going to have to differentiate between it. <laughs> Every time that you guys talk, it's going to be Ross, colon, and then you start talking. <laughs> can't put subtitles on a podcast. the name first. Justin here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Guy, let's start with Justin and Ross. How was the year for you guys in Cutting Heads Collective? Um, yeah, it was a great year. Um, in general, I think we probably did more gigs last year, but probably better gigs this year. Um, not quite as often. I mean, for a while, we were... It was about six months when we were doing gigs every week in Urban Jungle and everything. So it was nice to take a step back from that a little bit and focus on like one good party a month, maybe two, um, rather than, yeah, the pressure of having to do something every week. And uh, it was just getting hard to draw a crowd every time, I suppose. Yeah, we had a, a good year. I think we kind of found our feet more than anything this year for. 2017 as just was saying coming off the back of our first year in 2016 and doing a lot of gigs and a lot of experimentation with different stuff we kind of found what our audience wants what our crowd is um like we've got a big diverse group of us involved in cotton heads with a lot of backgrounds from hip-hop techno jungle garage um so it can be confusing at times figuring out what we are so i think we got a better grasp of that this year um, how have the crowds been? Like, what what kind of gigs have you been putting on, and in what spaces? Um, this that's year a big that's a big question. Sorry. That is a big <laughs> question. Yeah, uh, we worked a lot with uh, the poor relation this year, so we started doing gigs there last April. Uh, we'd been kind of out of a home for a while after after stopping with Urban Jungle, and we kind of bounced around to a few different venues throughout twenty sixteen. We did a lot in Freds and Brew and places, uh, but. As much as we enjoyed everywhere, nothing really stuck with us as being 
exactly what we needed. Um, and the correlation kind of slowly but surely turned into that. I think like the first party, the first big party that we put on there was uh, This Side Up. They were touring um, after their album launch last year and that really went off. So from there, we kind of knew that there was something special in the correlation that hadn't been tapped into in a long time. I mean, when it got set up and I had that lovely stage and stuff, but it was kind of getting more local trad bands and stuff like that and kind of background music for pubs. Um, so it kind of happenstance came with us and some other promoters have started using it as well and it's kind of really turned into a great venue at the moment for all different genres and promoters, I think. When did Urban Jungle shut down? Was that this year? Uh, it was, wasn't it? No. I can't even remember. I was trying to think of that today. I was like, was that last year when we... Oh, I'm trying to figure out what time of year that was. Nick. No, it was. It was this year. Yeah. Was yeah. It, yeah. it would have been probably... January, was it? No, it was after January. I'm going to say March or something like that. Yeah. I guess it's just one of those venues where it might just get lost in the grander scheme of things. Like it's part of the Mardike uh, complex and they have like the sports bar and then they have the kind of the craft beer bar as well. And they have upstairs, which is bowling too. And then you've got this venue, which seems to only be kind of Friday and Saturday doing right. dance stuff. And it seemed like, yeah, maybe uh, there just wasn't the consistent crowd there or something. No, um, yeah, I'd prefer not to go down the rant of <laughs> I know about that's that particular <laughs> venue. See, so you hear you hear about a venue closing or something, and you're like, "Oh, there must there must be something there," but it's yeah. like you can't actually really talk about it until we've stopped recording. So the best, yeah. the best stuff is going to happen once we first stop. Yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, the place is long gone now. There's no, uh, there wouldn't be any benefit to ranting about that now or whatever. So. It's Urban Jungle where the new game places with the arcade yeah. games, yeah. Barcadia, I think we Barcadia. were. Barcadia. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. So they've just uh, bought in a load of machines. We were down there yesterday. It looks good in there. And actually, in fairness, it actually does look like they spent a lot of money on it and yeah. actually got behind it. And it seems it, they seem, it seems like they've ticked every box with it this time. It's... Seems like it's going to work down there for that particular thing, you know. It was just there was just too much difficulties, I think, when Urban Jungle was there. <laughs> but we'll say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, arcade games are coming back. Uh, that's good. It sounds like that's something completely different oh. to what Cork has yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Uh, have you played in the poor relation, Darren? No. <laughs> as he r goes through his Rolodex of I No, I actually have never played in a, with a band in there. I DJed in there last year. No, I haven't played in there at all. I like it. I like it as a venue. Um, there's a lot of metal bit gigs going on in there, and mm. I really liked it as a space for that. Um, I saw the band Zora play there like, was it last month or the month before for their album launch. It was excellent. It's a really dedicated crowd in there. People really interested in seeing what's going on. I like it as a venue. Um, yeah. I don't know more, much more to say, but I, used, I actually used to go to it when we used to have the Cork Community Print Shop, and it was actually our local, so we'd finish up in the evening for practice, and we'd rock over to the Burrelation. So it's always been a spot I've frequented. Uh, yeah, I'll play there someday with some someone. Ha. Um, how about uh, all of the bands that you have played with this year, like making loads of music? Was that something that you like intentionally wanted to do at the start of the year? Like, I'm going to release X amount of music. Yeah, I kind of consciously wanted to make more music this year because I've always been in bands, but we haven't recorded a lot because recording live bands is complicated and it costs a lot of money. Um, so last year I recorded a Not Earth album with uh, 
my friend mates Dan and Dave, and we kind of that went really well. So I was like, hey, maybe like I've played improv for years. So, so I was maybe playing with more improv as a way to go. And I just teamed up with Artie Pawsey in Museum, and so we've done two albums. We've just finished a third, and then just I think it's just the simplicity of having a live recording of improv with a consistent group of people as well, and that you know what you're going to get out of it, and you know there's also like you have to be a good editor as well. You have to be good at editing and mixing for these things too. But uh, no one you can go in and do that without wor- worrying about like guitar, bass, and drum tracks, layering those, layering vocals. No, no one you can just go in and do it and play it has really contributed to my kind of uh, how prolific I've been this year. But also playing with tons of people. Like I, had, I was like kind of on the dole until October, so I had a lot of free time to play with as many bands as possible. So, but yeah, it was a conscious effort, and I'm really glad with how what I achieved. But like, I never thought I'd go this far. But I'm like, well, I'm going to do it next year as well. If I can do it. In one year, I can do it in another year. Uh, it seems like Cork has a real improv thing going for it. Like, I don't know, is that just years of Dan Walsh kind of cultivating all these musicians well, and being like, it's not pushing just them a, to improv? It's not just Dan Walsh. I mean, like, I remember Merck being around years ago and like Mick O'Shea's been doing it for years. I started playing improv with Sea of Okosk like four or five years ago. Good five years ago, I'd say. So I, I played with improv. Imp, I ended up playing improv with Dan after playing improv for about a year which is really interesting. But Dan has been a huge part of it. But I think everyone else has kind of realized it's fun to watch. I love watch, I love going to see improv. And it's great to play. You can like, there's people playing improv now that have never played it before. Like Elaine Malone has started playing it recently. And it's just brilliant to see her come in. Like, you know, lots of pe- different people do that. It, it's, I kind of, actually Elaine made a quip the other day. is like, no one in Cork writes songs anymore. We just do improv. <laughs> so yeah, that's an interesting, I, I personally, I'm looking to get back into more kind of structured thing next year. But for the year it's been in, it's been a wonderful year for Cork Improv. There's been so much come out of it. Um, and so many groups of people like, it's like a gigantic Venn diagram of people in Cork in uh, various different improv groups. Uh, and Emma, the Roundy put on uh, the Council for the Dark Arts, uh, was it two weeks ago or something like that? The end of November? Yeah, t- 30 of November. Was uh, two weeks ago, yeah. I, I wasn't able to get to the gig, but I saw a couple of photos and it looked amazing. amazing. Like, yeah. was, like, was there a really good crowd there and were they really receptive to it? And like, yeah. what was it like just seeing so many musicians on stage, including Darren? Yeah, no, it was absolutely amazing. Like, I remember seeing Councillor Dark Arts the week of the Gulps closing down and I, like, it just blew my mind. It was, I think it blew everyone's mind that was there. Yeah, I, like, I remember, like, I I walked home and I thought, I, like, I'd had a pint or two, I thought it was high or something. Yeah, I was just, it was spaced out. It was mind-blowing, but yeah, then, the roundy then was was brilliant yeah it was and uh, the crowd were really receptive to it. i mean you couldn't even like people were kind of s- sitting down at the front and everyone there was no noise you could hear a pin drop and that's always a good sign you know um i remember at the end of it then it was gas because like it was finished at half 11 but like this was like 12 o'clock like we we're supposed to close the bar at half 11 and like there was no sign of anything stopping and like i didn't want it to stop because i was digging it jimmy was digging it and then like you know some of the lads were coming up been like hey is this gonna stop soon and they're like uh we don't really know <laughs> what's gonna happen i didn't even realize that yeah. but, oh no and then like jimmy was like okay flick on the lights so i went over to flick on the lights but sure all the musicians every single person had their eyes closed so it made no difference so like <laughs> it still went on for another 10 minutes and eventually jimmy was just like okay we have to turn on the we call them the like f off lights when you turn on like the white lights at the end of the night to like get everybody out 
so we had to do that but um i like the idea of you maybe going around and maybe poking all the musicians <laughs> yeah. or something with Wake a stick <laughs> um but yeah no it's amazing and like it's a credit to dan for putting that all together and you know the energy in the room was amazing and um it was just one of it was definitely one of the best gigs i've seen it sounds like it's kind of uh emblematic of what the roundy seems to be doing since you kind of came in there was that in july or august july yeah you came in yeah and like what was the idea that you wanted to bring to the roundy because Mm -hmm. they've put on kind of sporadic gigs before but you certainly seem to have brought a kind of a more i don't know streamlined process to it maybe yeah well i started there in in july and it was actually no it was june i suppose because it was around the time gulp was closing and i remember i just started in there with frank like just doing the social media for the place the whole lot and I said that I'd give it a go doing gigs upstairs as well but I was kind of terrified to be honest because it's a big undertaking to do it on your own like when I was over in Urban Jungle I had the lads like Justin and Ross and all the crew and I had Nick kind of as well and like it's a big undertaking taking on a venue on your own um and I had I did one gig there at the start of it it was Transmission Club in Spec um that was in the 4th of August and that was great like it was sold out it was great so I was like yeah okay cool this is going to be this is going to be good it's kind of the new um kind of launched it as the new spot I suppose I wanted to get it out there that like I'm in the roundy now and I'm open to putting on gigs and the lads are behind me as well and then I remember going for coffee with Jimmy and he was just like how would you feel about putting the record shop up in the roundy and it was like just the universe just saved me i was like yes that's amazing <laughs> let's do it let's let's get this done so then yeah we spent a couple of months working on that then uh coming up with a lineup we kind of wanted to keep things quiet for a while which was so hard i was dying to just tell everybody that like no we found a new home for plugged but um yeah so yeah we kicked it off then in october around the time of uh sound to my safe harbor festival was around the opening weekend um so yeah it's um we're we're trying to like there's definitely there was a gap I suppose at the time for a venue in Cork that was willing to put on more left of center kind of avant-garde gigs you know it sounds like it came in at just the right time because like the gulped and plugged shut down and and then it seemed like the roundy started doing like all of these things uh like a couple of weeks later and it was like few yeah yeah like I think thing I think because there's so much music in Cork and I don't think it matters too much that venues are closing down it never really bothers me too much I always just kind of there's just too much music and there's too much drive in people there's too much people like you know wanting to drive the scene forward that you know a venue might close but then something else will open or some people will come together and do something somewhere else it's always there's always been stuff like closing down hasn't there over the past while yeah, um, there's been a lot over the years, yeah. Yeah, so it's just collaboration, like, is key, you know. Just, you know, we were lucky as well with Frank, the owner of the Roundy. He was totally on board with it. Like, he didn't, he was so encouraging, like, you know, because it really depends as well on, the because it's a business at the end of the day and you're coming in there wanting to put on really weird gigs, like, you know. <laughs> um, And you kind of have to earn people's trust with that, you know, that you're you're considering the business side to it as well um because it isn't an art center and we you have to make money in the bar and 
you have to keep it taking over as a business as well. But we're lucky it wouldn't happen if it wasn't for the right people in the right places, like with Frank there. You know, he was really trusting, really encouraging. He's a music fan himself, which helps. And um, he was kind of happy to like have someone to just take it off his hands because it was laying idle there, like really. And it's a nice space too, like. Yeah. You don't want to see it go to waste. Yeah, it's city centre location, like the room's nice as well. So, so yeah, it was all it all worked out pretty well. How how did you guys uh, feel about venues in Cork? Like, um, I mean, you talked about kind of finding the new home in the poor relation and stuff. Like, I've I've kind of been saying over the year that I feel like Cork did seem to be on a bit of a dip. Like, just music wise in general, there didn't seem to be as much happening. But it does seem like it has kind of come back up as well. Like, I don't know, we ever kind of down about it or did you, did you think that it would come through it sort of thing it was definitely something that we talked a lot about in our meetings and stuff when we'll be trying to plan out the next couple of months and you'll be looking at well where can we do stuff because like around the same time as gulp shutting down um cube shut down and one of the guys from cottonheads gary fitz was running that and um, so it seemed to be this kind of domino effect of a few different spots going down but yeah, the Kino as well at the same time. Um, but I think like over the years, I mean, we've all been around since kind of Henry's days and stuff and seeing places shut it down consistently and somewhere else springing up and there'll always be something to fill that void. Um, for us, it was kind of like lucky timing that we'd just gotten into the poor relation around the time that other things started to, to close down and there was no plan on our behalf or anything. We just got asked to put on a gig there and it kind of rolled from there for us. But like I think I'd agree with Emma a lot there and that places will always take over as long as there's a drive within the the art scene and the music scene then new venues will be found even if they don't exist already and i think like that the round is a perfect example of that because while there's been gigs there over the years it had been a while since someone had really taken the bull by the horn with it i know like i think it was maury Breshnan was probably the last person to really try and push things in there um but that had tapered off towards the end of of his kind of stint in there so it just needed that little bit of injection of fresh blood and fresh enthusiasm for it. And I think that's a lesson to, to anybody in the Cork scene that gets down about the, the state of the, the venue landscape in general is to just take the bull by the horn. You know, we'd, we'd always, every time you'd go out for a couple of months there, that's all people would complain about is the lack of facilities and there's nowhere to put on a gig and there's none of this and none of that. I think, again, Emma touched on it there. If you have to think of it as a business as well at the end of the day, if, if venues are shutting down, then the gigs that were putting on there probably weren't getting the right crowds in to, to warrant it for the owners of the building or whatever. I know somewhere like the Kino is a different story and uh, the print shop and stuff. But even on, on those sides of it, if places are getting shut because of licensing and stuff, then that's the responsibility of the local community to start thinking in those terms and go, well, if the, the fire marshal won't let things happen in the venue because of X, Y, and Z, how, when I look to the next venue, can I work with them to prevent those problems coming again um and i think that has happened i think there's been a kind of a lift in professionalism amongst the promoters in cork in general um and i think it's something for for people to take on board as they go forward and stuff that if you you want these things to happen you have to be the one to create the opportunities and you have to to think about it not purely in music and art terms like we all want to do but also in that business side too and cutting heads collective uh, celebrated their second birthday I, uh, was it in October in the poor relation or the start of November? Uh, it's November, yeah, yeah. Yeah, are kind you like November? Are you kind of in a way surprised that it it's kept going, or has there been kind of like kind of new people coming in all the time who are like bringing their own energy and their, the new energy? Um, I'm not surprised still here at all. I mean, I think 
it'll probably still be here in another five, six years. I mean, I, I'm just having so much fun doing it with the people, and you know, the gigs are working. We're having fun. I see no reason to stop it whatsoever. So, yeah, I'm definitely not surprised that we're still around. But yeah. <laughs> I um, hope that I'm, didn't I'm come across as a negative. No, no, not at all. Not hey, at you all. guys are still around. <laughs> yeah. how, how did that happen? No, a lot Two of these things kind of come and go, and it, that happens all the time. People move on to new things, but uh, I think everyone involved, and there's kind of pluses and minuses to having so many people involved, but one of the pluses is that even when some people have to move on, you know, a bunch of our lads have like left the country and stuff, there's enough people there to keep things moving. Um, so just so people uh, who don't know, like how many are like involved in Cutting Heads Collective and like w what's their kind of role? What are they involved in doing? Um, I don't know how many people are there. There's probably a, a solid 10 anyway. Um, and almost all of them DJ to some degree. Um, uh, other people like make their own music, produce music. We have rappers. We have a lot of... Um, you have people like Tom who handle a lot of the design stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think it's a it's a solid mix of heads that can offer different skill sets. And uh, like Justice saying, I mean, I think one of the reasons some groups or collectives might wind down is from people getting busy with life and stuff like that. And luckily with so many of us, when one of us is busy for a while working on personal projects and stuff. You can step aside and let everybody else take over the reins and keep driving it forward. And like, it does seem like you're bringing in the, the new breed as well. Like uh, over the weekend, you had an event upstairs in the roundy kind of with new producers kind of showing them the ropes, was it? Yeah, it was really good to get back in the roundy actually because that's one of the gigs in the roundy that kind of set cotton heads off. It sparked the idea for it. So it was really refreshing to get back in there. But um, yeah, we ran an event in there the uh, beat lab social so rather than it being a workshop as such it's just a, a space for producers to come together get out of the bedroom have a beer and make some beats um so for this month's edition we had a column k who's got a new release out at the moment selected some samples for us so he gave us four amazingly different samples to work with um, and on the day then we just gave them out to everybody as they arrived everyone sat down got behind their laptops got out their midi keyboards and stuff and sort of blasting away for a couple hours and then we just played all the beats at the end of it it was a nice eclectic mix of music ranging from lo-fi hip-hop to techno bit of a bit of house in the mix in there and stuff as well wow are you gonna do something with the recordings we're not too sure um, for the moment we're going to be keeping we're going to keep archiving them and keeping them private but due to the kind of the the raw and unpolished nature of it um, we're kind of debating ourselves whether to maybe down the line start publishing them or just keep them as a as a social thing so there's no pressure on people to worry about, you know, because like some of the people who are in there are artists that are releasing on labels and things and some people might want to put them out. And it's also a safe space for beginners. Like I put together my first beat out of it after having doing a 30 minute tutorial beforehand so uh i don't think the world really needs to hear <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so we want to keep that that fun and safe environment feel to it so there's no worry about what the rest of the world might think of what you did if your beat didn't work out it's not a big deal it's about the the, the experience of it and again social being in it is the key word and it's all about physical engagement with people um because all of us involved in this and whether you're a dj or producer and then it can be very lonely home-based environment that you work from so it's nice to just get out of that and do something a bit a bit different uh just sticking with kind of the general uh dance scene in cork like and 
DJing and all of that. I see that um, Church and Amp is kind of revamped and kind of reopened. I don't know, are they under uh, new people as well? But like, is that something that you'd look at and think, okay, maybe they're doing interesting things. Maybe we can, you know, think about doing some stuff in there as well. Is that kind of just something for down the road? We haven't really considered that. Um, Just because Amp is such a big space, I mean, we'd have to book something pretty big to use that. Um, we, We used Amp for the John First gig last year. Which went well. I mean, even with that gig, with an international booking, we had to like make the space way smaller. We had like like, curtains and stuff to make the place just a bit more sensible because it's huge venue. I mean, I don't know how many people fit in there. Probably four or five hundred. I think it's four hundred. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, and they have that advent thing, which I guess is minus. I don't know um, the space that used to be minus, but I think that's just like a pop up club for the for December. They're doing a lot of house stuff now. I think that's one thing Cork definitely needs is more spaces where you can put things on late. A lot of the places now, like Poor Relation, Roundy, they're not uh they're not late night venues, so be you nice to see. You mean a place that goes on until like three, four AM? Well even half two. Half you know, two. Half yeah, two. yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Is that enough? We'll take half one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Literally. We'd take half one. <laughs> that would yeah. be nice. Why is that? Is that just because it's too too um expensive to buy the license? Yeah. The license is expensive, like it's very expensive. It's yeah. like four hundred and fifty for the exemption, and then you have to get solicitors' fees as well. Yeah. And yeah. as well, a lot of bar owners don't really like getting late licenses because it brings a lot of trouble. Well, it, it potentially could bring a lot of trouble, yeah. depending. Yeah. But it's just with their experience, maybe working in bars, that you're kind of diff- dealing with a different animal past a certain um, hour, you know. But like, I don't know, and for for kind of gigs. You you wouldn't be like, um, but it, yeah, just like the promoter would have to buy the late license if if they wanted right. to, which is hard to do. Yeah. That's a lot of money yeah, for a, a promoter to put out. Look. I guess that like people see that like something is happening, you know, in one bar, and like they probably see it as competition. So maybe it's good to have like these places doing that thing. Hopefully, it'll kind of push people on. Would that be kind of the main thing that you'd like to see, like? over the next little while, just kind of like more diversity in the venues. It seems like, you know, Cork had loads of donut shops and they're, <laughs> kind, of, and they're kind of going down. And uh, what's what's big in Cork uh, at the burger moment? Burger places. Burger places. Burger wow places. Burger is yeah. going wow into Wagamama. opening up across the road from a burger place around the corner from a burger place. <laughs> it's the burger district. Yeah, man. And I live in the burger district. I'm happy. Like. <laughs> and, and it seems like cocktail bars are also like a big thing. And I don't know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like it depends on what kind of vibe that they're going for. But it, I, I have heard some kind of criticism about some places that you know that say wouldn't bring in djs or something like that you know is that something that you'd like to see kind of change just like a bit more diversity in the venues anybody can answer that question <laughs> I, 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 I just think it's like where is going to let me like hit my base after floor for two hours like then you know nowhere so you know i'm happy with the places we have but like yeah. I, I i i don't know I, I don't know i've been around for ages and i've just seen the venues come and go and you know, just certain places are just not like going to let you play gigs, you know, as much as you want them to, you know, you've got the Rowney doing a great job at the moment. Poor relations doing a great job. You know, you'd like a few more, but conceivably, would you have the crowd to fill them? Maybe. Um, that's a, that's a big maybe. And then like, and obviously where, where, where else would we play? You know, like 
places like Collins does a great job. It has a very specific crowd it goes for, you know. Mm. We, people like us, like, I mean, I know the Shaker and stuff occasionally playing there, Paddy Freeman too. Like, that's a great venue that does this job. There are enough, like, dedicated venues around the city or, like, places that, like, have a dedicated crowd that come into them. But, like, I'm not going to, like, want to play in, like, Edison or something. Going, go on, lads, give me a fucking set in there now. Go on. Like, serve me a zombie while I'm playing, please. You know, it's not going to happen. So that's that's my personal thing on it. I I I I, I know I'm not, I'm I'm a bit confused. I I think like I'm glad to know how it is at the moment. I wish there could be slightly bigger venues to play in, like like Drowney's brilliant. But you know, like I'd like to do, if there's a 200 capacity room or something to play in, that'd be really nice to have. But yeah. we just don't have that kind of size at the moment. We're missing a we're kind of missing a slot in there somewhere. Size, yeah. yeah, we are really missing a middle size venue. I think Stevie's doing some work in Amp. I think he's putting on his. He he's is, involved yeah. in there in some way, so it'll be interesting to see. I think Laboon played there in Dahi the same last, yeah, last Friday. Um, what? I didn't even hear about it either. They, l- your man Christy texted me saying he was coming down for a gig and he's wanting to go for a drink after. And I was like, "What? Where are you gigging?" Like, <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, I didn't even hear about it." Um, but Laboon bring a big enough crowd, and Dahi, I suppose, brings a big would, enough yeah, crowd yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, they were playing. Uh, the same. It was actually the same night as the Dark Arts. Oh, there was a crazy amount of gigs on the city that night. Yeah, yeah. it was absolutely unbelievable. It was mental. Uh, actually, yeah, because Paddy and Shakerham were up in Collins as well. I was in. That's right as well in, in Cypress Avenue. Avenue. Yeah, that was a bananas night for yeah. gigs. Like that kind of then proves that there's a lot going on. Yeah. All in different Big places. Time, yeah. 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 Well, anybody you chat to is running gigs the whole time and stuff like there seems to be a lot going on the whole time. Um, and while we all would like more venues. Like we're not all selling out all the venues that no. are already here. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. And I think we talk about like the new bars that are opening and new restaurants and things like that. I mean, if all the, the venues in Cork were selling out every weekend, I'm sure some business owner out there would go, mm. "There's a market here. That these people aren't yet at capacity, and rather than turning their attention to a donut shop, they turn it mm. to yeah, a venue." Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think maybe a monthly late license could be a good shout for. Yeah, the roundy maybe you know if we could swing that because even if we had late license every weekend there'd be nobody there like you couldn't people get bored of going on the same yeah. place the whole time as well I mean we saw it with like the likes of the Pav and stuff over the years and everybody yeah. absolutely adored it and we, you know, all of us here have been there and love it and yeah. stuff but it, towards the end again the audience just started tapering off and stuff and while everyone was gutted that it went not everybody was there the whole time while it was there so it's yeah. exactly yeah and same thing happened to Quad, you know, Quad always yeah, had yeah. licenses and, you know, that tapered mm. off usually as well. Like, so yeah, there's this huge uproar well. when they stopped doing gigs in there, but it's like, you, you weren't there for the gigs the whole time that it was on. Like, you know, yeah. it's this nostalgia yeah. thing that people... Do venues have a shelf life, you know? Yeah, that's, that's it, man. They are businesses at the end of yeah. the day, and if they're not getting the support from the community, then that's what's going to happen. Like, yeah. Should all be metalers looking for a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still going. I think it's their 20th birthday or something this December. Yeah. Nice. They're putting the pints back to like 1997 prices. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were about to say 99 cent there for yeah. a second. Yeah. So free advertising from Tom Keaton right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, just because we're talking about venues that have closed, I guess it uh, would be remiss not to mention uh, Gulp and Plugged closing. Uh, it seemed like they did bring a big vibe and we mentioned it earlier that the Randy seems to have kind of run with the ball that they set. Um, like Darren, you've played there loads of times. Do you, yeah. Was it like, oh, can't believe to be honest, gone after like five, was it five years? Five, and five and a half years, years, five and a bit. It was a bit, it was six actually nearly. It was a bit of kick in the teeth, to be honest, for me. Um, I know a lot of other people felt that way because I 
like the f- naive fool I am, I was like, it's an art center. It'll be there forever. It's mm-hmm. just, you know they'll leave it off. It's really avant garde stuff. It's like nah. Um, yeah, re- you know I got to, I got the news before it broke, and I kind of broke my heart a bit. And then I realized, you know, I've been through the quad, I've been through the path, I've been through the print shop. You know, was really heavily involved in the print shop. I was like, you know, it's another venue to close and we'll take that vibe and we'll go somewhere else with it. Like, um, and in the end, it's just a room. It's the people that matter. So the last two weeks of Gulped, it was absolute anarchy. Like, <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah. Nearly like, died. Uh, yeah, there was... <laughs> so, <laughs> there was that escalated quickly. <laughs> there was so many nights in there where like, it was just genuinely dangerous how full it was yeah. and it was like it was great fun you like everyone came out of the woodwork like toby Carr showed up to play a gig and i was like hey toby <laughs> haven't seen you in a while um but yeah i played some gigs in there towards the end I played with dark arts like that was a great thing that came out at the end of gulped like that's there you go there's like from kind of tragedy or there's triumph kind of the dark arts came out of that and then we played our first gig in there and it was genuinely one of the best gigs i've ever played and then you had like brilliant performances from like the land crabs and it was anyone here you were the yeah, land crabs gig well. oh my god that was bananas yeah, was and like insane. the altered errors gig in there was stunning mm, as well yeah. like there was so yeah. many brilliant gigs in there towards the end so like you know i was sad but it was a celebration that came out of it um you know missing plugged for that while was you know not great you know it, it's the same thing i think we've been said like you know venues close unfortunately this time i did think it'd never close but that's you know it's false hope but yeah, um, the vibe has gone on. We have fantastic memories of the place. I won't ever eat a hash brown as good as I did in Gulped. Ever again, <laughs> probably. I never had a hash brown in Gulped. You never had the hash browns? Oh, oh you're missing out. I'm not a big fan of hash browns anyway. Been Maybe that would have changed my mind, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. Your mind. But like, you know, I think mostly, I think with Gulped, the thing I was sad about is like the personnel. Like there was just great yeah. staff in there. It was sad to see them lose their jobs, to be honest, you know? Yeah. Lovely people, a lot of them, um, and that that was the saddest part for me. And the fact, another sad thing is that an arts organization couldn't provide a bit of support <laughs> for the venue, but we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love these little hints that you're <laughs> dropping throughout this. Darn, could do a podcast uh, on that alone. I, yeah, they know yeah. where I live. They could turn up to my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, Emma, it seems like uh, you're kind of going not quite um, uh, like. 10 people deep like cutting heads collective but you and uh cormac from cosmonaut and uh overblown mm-hmm. as well are kind of getting together and doing your own monthly club night is it super crew yeah super it's crew, um yeah. cause signal and as i said like before i was it, it's you know you know this yourself like putting on gigs it's stressful you know like financially mentally yeah. sometimes there's a lot of pressure a lot of responsibility and um especially when you want to put on new like when you want to bring down bands or acts that people down in cork don't necessarily know but you cut you believe in them and when you when you when you know that the audience will see it that they'll love it and um as well i found that like there was there was bands that i was hearing about up in Derry. there's one band strength nia i heard recently they're brilliant another group arborist uh that i'd never heard of before there seems to be like a big gap between or like a divide between north and south and so I was kind of we were knocking around this idea of starting a little mini collective for a while just because like strength in numbers and two heads are better than one and um it, it allows us to do our job like promote music 
not just music that bands know, but be able to take a risk and be able to bring down um, flesh, bro- flesh blood into Cork. And also we want to bring kind of Cork bands into different regions as well. Um, and we want to kind of bridge that divide between North and South and then like okay. go over to the UK. Um, and actually, I love what DIY LK are doing up in Limerick. That's like, amazing, yeah. loved what they're doing. When I went up with Fixity up there, I was like, this is class. This is like, why are, why are we not doing something like this down in Cork, you know? Um, for kind of, we want to kind of diversify the genres on a night as well. So like put on a punk band with a hip hop act and finish with electronic set and not just have the same um, kind of genre for the night. Um, so like, yeah, that's that was our idea with thing. And like I had, I had been wanting to bring down post-punk podge anyway. And um, yeah, I wanted to bring down Cruiser as well. So they're both from Limerick. And then I, I knew the lads would be into it as well. So I said, why don't we just start with this, put it on together. We have a late license, get senior infants to finish off. They were brilliant. Post-punk um, podge is amazing as well. Just mm-hmm. his uh, EP that I was listening to there over the weekend. Like, it's so good. It's like unlike anything else. Yeah, it's pretty far out there. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but yeah he's he's amazing like he's i met him at a after the fixie gig up in limerick just thought he was a super nice guy someone that i'd like to give support to and give a bit of kind of kudos for what you're doing like and you know kind of give artists the confidence to come down to cork and have a good show like you know i think i think i think um i'm really excited about this one like yeah do you see Signal as kind of Cork as a as a Cork based night, or do you see it kind of traveling around, like going up to Belfast and Derry and Yeah, definitely. Wherever? We've already been offered a couple of nights outside. Wow. That's what we want. Like, yeah, Great. we want to because that's like, say, if I'm working with an act down here, there's someone, there's someone down in Cork or someone close by that I'm like, you're absolutely class. Like, you need to get out there, get up the country. But they mightn't have the confidence, you know, in in garnering a crowd up in like Galway or Belfast or mm. Derry or whatever. Whereas this way, if we if we carry weight with the Signal brand and collaborate with other promoters in other regions, then we'll be able to do a better job overall for the acts, you know. Um, so, yeah, we're going to start, we're going to do a monthly night in Cork anyway and then branch out, work with different promoters across the country and kind of try to create a network a kind of solid network around the country with different regions through through signal uh so the first night is on this friday december 15th with post-punk podge cruiser and mm. senior infants hopefully uh, they've they've released a couple albums as well haven't they senior this infants year. yeah yeah they're actually on my list that that one that they ha. did with a uh, cbc they oh were co- God, they, that was brilliant mm. yeah I I all about that so raging i missed that it was recorded live in new year's in gulped on New Year's Eve and oh my god like talking about going down a rabbit hole of music I was obsessed <laughs> with it for weeks like I couldn't stop listening to it it's insane listening to the best album title I've ever heard is the Shift America yeah and the keyboard cover is just oh, yeah. it's so funny I don't know they, they, they blow my mind yeah <laughs> definitely it sounds like everybody is pretty positive about where Cork is, is at the moment and where it's going yeah I'm pretty yeah. positive I mean like yeah. I I'm part of another collective. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Dead, Dead Pigeon Collective with all my friends. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, I didn't have that on my list. And well, just as it's just an example of how the power of collaboration. Like we now have our own practice space for our gang, um, which is great. 
you know so and that's something we haven't had in a while since since once again the sprint shop closed and that's because myself and am i going to name names uh, myself my uh my housemate rory our friend orianne our, uh, my bandmate andy and sunny emerald dj just collaborated together and we said like you know we need a space we need to do something and now we've made it happen and we've been using it for the last month or so and it's just been great it's been great having the opportunity and it's just the power of collaboration reaching out to other people seeing what skills they have for you and you know uh and it's all within cork city you know it's it's great fun and it's 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 just really a positive and empowering thing to see I'm so happy that it has been quite a positive uh, podcast as well, because so often it's easy to just get into begrudgery and get into <laughs> like, oh, we could be doing this or we could be doing that. Why aren't we getting, you know, this band down there? And I think that, that probably still happens. But even like something like Dali and Gala, which I only heard about at the weekend, which is opening up down in the um, marina. And it sounds like that's kind of got the uh core community print shop vibe i don't really know that much about it but it's kind of like an exhibition space and it sounds like uh, who's been down there actually i haven't been down there no i could go <laughs> <laughs> uh and <laughs> sorry about that and yeah. yeah it just sounds like it's just cork is this, cork is on the up <laughs> city yeah. on the grow um yeah i think it just that's a, that's another thing from just watching the music scene in cork for years it just comes in waves you know there's peaks and troughs and you got to learn how to live with the troughs Mm-hmm. I think collaboration though is so important like you know like seeing ye grow like cutting heads grow from strength to strength like since they started in urban jungle um has been amazing to see so much like that kid remember they side up in um the Fred's one or no not the one in Fred's the one in the liquid lounge like that 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 was oh, the, first the first birthday, birthday. Yeah. yeah yeah that, that was, was like that literally nearly tore the roof off the place yeah Do you remember i was <laughs> like heartbroken about scared. that venue as well the um but so. i think like you know i think like you're collect- i think most people are kind of going down the route of collectives there's a lot of them popping up performing which is amazing to see and i think like now i, lo- I, th- I think a lot of different kind of music groups are coming together as well which is great like yeah. you know with the round you maybe hopefully will kind of gather in different you know you have the plug crowd but then you have maybe the hip-hop crowd as well and hopefully um yeah i think it's really positive at the moment yeah i'd never run a gig on my own again no no it's too stressful no no yeah towards the end of the hobo convention stuff i was doing a lot of that myself and it's crazy i don't know why anyone would do that uh what what is um cutting heads collective plans for 2018 or the first start of 2018 anyway just just a taster um yeah like over the next while yeah true yeah we've got a few things actually yeah <laughs> so over christmas we've got like um pura on the 23rd we're doing a gig up there and then toby carr just got mentioned we're doing new year's with himself and keelan sherlock under their uh small town disco up in the roundy um, and then 2018 we've just booked uh, dj woody who's touring doing a 45 um dj set so that's going to be the 24th of february is it I think it is. Yeah, late February. Yeah, late February. Um, and then, yeah, so we're in talks with a couple of other international acts at the moment. Those aren't confirmed just yet, but it's looking like 2018 is going to be a big year for us as far as uh, bookings go now. Cool. Cool. Um, what about uh, you, Emma? In uh, With Merrick in the end signal, like, have you got stuff that, do you have, like, big plans? Um, I know you like to say them. <laughs> some of them, I'm not sure, actually. Uh yeah, with Mark Indy, I was kind of booking tours there for a while. I'm 
there's one that I haven't, I'm not really going to say yet, but I'm really excited. It's actually, the, I love the band. I'm delighted. Um, that'll be coming soon, I'd say. And then just with the roundy, um, trying to keep stuff going in there. Like we've got quarter block party coming up now in February, which I'm really excited for. And we're just starting to fill up the February diary. Uh, we're taking a break in January for a few weeks and then um, just be working with Jamie and Cormac then. Um, just filling up Signal. Um, we've got Tua coming down in February, putting that, putting him on with arthritis, uh, which I'm really excited to see. Um, and then running a gig with Homebeat in March, I think as well. Oh. Uh, putting on carriages there and... Let's it sail. Oh, very good. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just trying to keep signal Mark Indy and Roundy going. That'll keep me busy for a while. <laughs> yeah. <I think>. Well, <laughs> what about you, Darren? What have, what are your plans for the for the next few weeks and months? Um I wanted to take a bit of a break in January. Um, but Dan's after booking their first not art gig in a while. And so we're gonna do another art gig, hopefully record a new album. Really excited about that because like it's the project I get to like test my skills the most in in terms of like playing the bass and just thinking that band is like 97% thinking 3% playing mm -hmm. um and then hopefully uh me and Artie have plans to expand the museum lineup do a few more gigs then kind of push it out a bit because we really love playing together I really work really well with him and hang on who else so hags we're just doing the one gig 29th of December that's only a reunion gig it's a more of a nostalgia thing for us but like we love it like I love playing with those guys and then playing with everyone, like seeing who else I can play with, push the boat out, expand my you know, skills, kind of like make as much music as possible. Um, maybe start a new band where I play guitar and sing. That's kind of been in my head for a while. Just And then just play with all my friends as well. Just my thing in the world is I just love playing. Like you could just leave me with a bass for like six hours and I'd be happy. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, more projects, do more stuff with Dead Fidget Collective. Like that's a great, great gang and they're all like, we're all friends, so we'll all make more stuff happen. And hopefully, we had a night there in the roundy back in November. So we'll hopefully do another Dead Pitching Collective Night Off and show off our skills. Like I think Rory Dale's hip-hop set was probably my highlight of my entire year. So <laughs> uh, I want to see that again. Yeah, so yeah, that's my, yeah, more bands, more gigs all the time. Wow, that sounds like a good way to end it unless anybody else has anything else they want to add. Sounds like everyone's happy. So that's part one of the TPOE roundup of the year with uh, lots of good people. Uh, coming up in part two, we have the albums of the year and the gigs of the year and the everything else's of the year. So stay tuned for that. Mm -hmm.